Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. chapter 3, John chapter 3, third chapter of John's gospel this morning. Going to be considering the aspect of love. That's the the fourth Sunday uh, theme in uh, the Advent journey. And next week, uh, we have wonderful privilege of lighting the center candle, which is the Christ candle in celebration uh, that Jesus has come. And it's also, as Mr. David uh, mentioned earlier, it's also looking forward to that day when he comes again. And we all uh, can look forward to that day. I'm looking uh, forward to that day when he returns for his church. God shares and has shared his unconditional love with humanity through his son, Jesus Christ. God has shared his love with all of us. There's no one excluded when it comes to the reality that God's love is for everyone. And Jesus asks you and I, because we have received that love, to love one another just as he has loved us. And unfortunately, that can be a little bit difficult at times, especially when you run up against folks who don't see things the way that you see them. They don't talk the way that you talk. They don't act the way that you act. But the condition of that requirement that Jesus gave us is that there is no condition. We are called to love them. And we are called to love one another. Love. Love is a a wonderful thing, isn't it? Um, In my mind, because I was a kid in the 1980s, it kind of brings to mind at least a couple of songs. And uh, you need to know that I was saved in 1986, but really didn't get serious about Jesus until 1993. So you understand when I refrain, when I relate these, the, the titles of these songs, you'll understand that a little bit uh, more. The first song that comes to my mind, <clears throat> it was from the 80s, was sung by this uh, wonderful singer named Tina Turner. I don't know if you've ever heard about it. What's love got to do with it? And another song that quickly comes to mind, I don't know if it was uh, in the 80s, it might have been a little bit earlier than than that, Uh, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Now, you can can thank the Lord that I didn't sing those. I sung them in my head, but I didn't sing them out to you this morning. Love, love is a wonderful thing. The word itself probably gets tossed around a little too much in our world, but at the same time, not enough. To be truly loved for who you are is one of the most amazing and wonderful feelings a person can experience in their lives. 
And during the Christmas season each year, uh, people seem, for the most part, I know there's exceptions, but for the most part, people in general seem to be more loving and more giving. Uh, but not always, but more often than not, people seem to be more willing to extend love and care and compassion during the Christmas season. What is it about Christmas? Or let me rephrase that. Who is it about Christmas that draws this out of us? Is it possible that the very heart of Christmas lies and, and to answer my own question, yes, it is, more than possible, incredibly generous heart of God the Father. He loves us, the eternal God, the creator of the cosmos, the very one in Genesis chapter 1 who spoke and things showed up. I love how a pastor that I listen to from time to time uh, related it one time when he was teaching on Genesis, he said that, that God did not say this, 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 and all the components of light to show up. He said, let there be light, and light was. Everything that was needed to make light came together. God, the eternal uh, one who sits on the throne, the creator of the cosmos. I love astronomy. I love all things space. One of the greatest, most exciting times in my life was a couple of years ago that, that uh, they were launching a uh, rocket from uh, Wallops in Virginia, and it was just by chance we here in Ohio, because of the trajectory of the rocket, it was going to go up over uh, the North, uh, North Pole. It wasn't Santa Claus, and, but anyway, and uh, the rocket was going to be able to be visible in Ohio. And, I, and it was cold, and I stood out there, and I saw it was just a wee little bit of light, and you could see it traveling, and when the engine cut off, you could see it go out. It was the most exciting thing. God, the eternal one, who created all of that. And now we have this telescope, James Webb telescope, that peers out into the vastness of the cosmos, and they can see things that, that, were, uh, that were created millions and billions, so they say, years ago. And all of it, the beauty of it, is because of God. God, the, the very one who sent his only son as a gift to humanity. God the Father, who knew before that night in, night in Bethlehem would ever have taken place. God knew that the very people whom he loved, with an everlasting love, whom he created would be the very same people that would cry out, crucify him. And they were the very ones who crucified his son on a cross. And even so, God sent his son anyway. God sent this gift of mercy anyway. God sent this gift of love anyway. What is it about giving gifts? That, that, that brings out the best in us. Do you like to get gifts? We all like to get gifts. 
But do you like to do you like to give something to someone? There's just something about giving that brings out the very best in us. Why does it feel? And I'm not a psychologist or anything, but why does it seem to feel better when we give rather than when we receive? Why why does it why does it just there's just emotions that well up in us when generosity is extended from us. I know I'm not going to be able to answer all those questions in one message or 20, but I do know that the very heart of all of that, of all of that is love, the eternal love that God has for you and I, evident in the life and, yes, the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. In fact, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, it says, Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift, the gift of Jesus for each and every one of us. And as we kind of go deeper this morning, I want to take a brief moment to just kind of touch base on where we've been during this Advent journey and, and how all of these things are, are tied up in the person and the death and the life and the and the reality of who Jesus is. Way back several weeks ago, we, we, we learned about the eternal hope that we have and the promises that God made alive in Jesus Christ. You and I have unshakable peace in Christ who one day is going to return for his church. And we also have the gift of deep, abiding, and resilient joy through our love and our understanding of who Christ is. And at the end of the day, we can know what pure, unfiltered, unconditional, no strings attached love looks like because of the example that Christ has set for us. In 1 John chapter 4, we read these words, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. At his very core, at his very nature, God is love. Every action that God takes part in, is motivated and sustained by love. First John tells us the, the very reason God came to earth in the form of Jesus Christ is because he loves us. He loves you. If you hear nothing else this morning, if nothing else resonates within your heart and spirit, hear this very clearly. God loves you. The reason that we as humans can even define love is because it has been displayed by God himself for us. Love, <laughs> love, I had to put this in here. Love is so much more than they portray on those Hallmark movies. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh. It is so much more than that. It's so much more than hashtags and everything else that we've opted into. Love is deeply personal. It's hard to fully define, and yet at the same time, we fully understand what we're looking at when we see it over there in that wonderful love chapter that, that gets recited at weddings. 
Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That, my friends, is God. That is God. He loves us. He is love. Everything that has taken place in our lives is motivated by love. But you say, well, what about the bad things? And then I say that over there in Romans chapter 8, there's this verse and it says that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say that all things are good because the reality is all things are not good. We go through difficulties. We go through hardships. We go through trials. We, we make mistakes. We sin. We fall down. But the wonderful promise is that God in his love is to take all of that and, and a process that only he himself knows in us is able to form it and to fashion it and to mold us so that the end result is good. And I'm thankful for that. God is love. He is love. He loves us. He loves you uh, this morning. Now, you may be already be thinking to yourself, this love stuff sounds pretty good. But what should I do about it? And quite honestly, that's a really good question. Throughout the Gospels, the, the testimonies of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we have in our New Testament, we see the disciples always had a lot of questions for Jesus. More often than not, the questions revolved around things they should or shouldn't be doing. Things like marriage and prayer and fasting and tithing and the Sabbath are just a few of the topics that, uh, that they questioned Jesus about. Interestingly, in the Gospel of John, Jesus gives the disciple a new rule, a new commandment to follow. In John chapter 13, he says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That's how the world will know we belong to him, is by our love for one another. And how did Jesus show his love for his disciples? How did he, how did he and does he show his love for you and I? Thankful that we do know the answer. In John chapter 3, uh, this morning, in verse 16, this is, uh, well-known. We know this passage. We've quoted it so many times. It's probably uh, put up in print somewhere uh, around your house, perhaps even framed. We read these words, for God so loved the world. So loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have 
everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and you and I ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Easy enough then. Loving others simply requires that we lay down our lives for them. <laughs> that sounds pretty simple, huh? It's kind of like uh, uh, during the last class that I uh, had in order to uh, earn a master's degree, uh, the last major writing project, the title of, of it was The Existence and the Experience of God. That's easy stuff to deal with. All I had to do was prove the existence and the experience of God in that paper. The reality is we trade what we want and need for what others need. We lay down ourselves at the expense, or we, we give to others at the expense of ourselves. There's something that is so magnificent, just so wondrous when you and I truly love others. Because you know this as well as I do. We live in an age and in a time when, when love is expressed, most commonly out in the world, it comes with strings attached. Oh, I will do this for you. I will be nice to you. I will do anything for you until that time comes that I need you to do something for me. And that's, not, that's not how you and I are to act and react in the world that we live in. We are called to love. The Bible says, as God loved us. And how did he love us? No conditions. Unconditional, as, as was mentioned this morning. No conditions. No strings attached. It doesn't matter what you look like, sound like. It doesn't matter how you dress. It doesn't matter whatever condition you might want to put on it. It doesn't matter. God still loves you. Love is a, is a choice. For you and I. And there's a dangerous teaching floating around that love is something that you stumble into and out of. Oh, I fell in love. I fell in love. It sounds like you missed a step going up the up the up the staircase. I fell, you know, I fell, I fell in love. No, you choose love. We choose love. Now I understand when you meet that certain someone. And, you know, the feelings that you get, the heart races and the pitter-patter and, 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 you know, you see stars. And, and I understand all of that. But isn't that just like humanity to take something so grand and reduce it down to something so trivial? Not to say that that love between husbands and wives and men and women is trivial, but in the grand scheme of things, God's love is so much grander than that. Love is more often a choice that we make every day in our relationships. And aren't we so grateful this morning that God the Father 
chose to love us. He didn't have to. God doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe us a single thing. He chooses to love us. And he chooses to love us each and every one through his son Jesus. And, and hopefully we are so unbelievably thankful this Christmas season that Jesus himself chose to humble us. This is love that a man lays down his life for his friends. Isn't it so wonderful to think of the love that is so grand, so wondrous, so amazing love? How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? That God chose through Jesus to humble himself, taking on the role of a servant, dying on a cruel Roman cross, pouring out his blood, being put into a borrowed tomb. That's love. That's love. If it weren't for the loving sacrifice of Jesus, where would you and I be today? We would, as the Apostle Paul says, be more than to be pitied of all men. We wouldn't have any hope. There wouldn't be any hope for us. There wouldn't be any peace. There wouldn't be any joy. There wouldn't be any love if not for the loving sacrifice that began in a Bethlehem stall over 2,000 years ago. Where would you and I be? John 3.16, once more, for God so loved the world. And I've had this uh, thing that I've done whenever I've taught on John 3.16, because we can read scripture and sometimes we can just kind of, just not because we're so familiar with it, we kind of go, we read on. But something that I've, that I've often done, and it's not reading in the scripture, and I'm not adding to or taking away from scripture, but some things that I've often done when teaching on this is, as I've had the folks uh, that I've been preaching to, when, when I get to that part where it says the world I would have them insert your name. For God so loved you and all of your mess and all of your goodness, kindness, all the good stuff, all the bad stuff, all the stuff you'll never tell anyone else, all of that, God so loved you that he came and he gave this one and only son. Do you think it was easy for God to love a world that at large didn't love him in return? Was it easy for Jesus to love the people that, that hung him on a cross and brutally killed him? Is it, is it always easy to love your Aunt Margaret? Now, if you have an Aunt Margaret, that's kind of hard to love. I, I apologize. I just, pull, I just pulled a name out of the sky. Is it always easy to love your spouse, to love your kids? Is it always easy to love your friends? <laughs> Is it easy to love your enemies? 
the reality is, and obviously the answer is no, it's not easy. It's not something that we just stumble into. It takes genuine focus, effort to love others. And, and it's exactly what Jesus asked us to do. Why? Why would he do that? If he knew it was so hard. Because after all, those people jump up and down on my last nerve. Why would he ask me to love them? And he himself gives us the answer because he first loved us. And this might, that might be hard to take. It was for me when I realized it and when I put it into this message. There are times, for some of us it's a lot more frequent than others, there are times when, yes, we too have jumped up and down on the last nerve of God. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, there are times when I envision some of the things that I've done in my life that God loves me, but there are times that I know, that I know, that I know that he shakes his head. I just know for some of the stuff that he does, but he loves us. And our Savior set the example of love, and he asks us to follow where he leads in loving one another. You see, the Christmas season is about the birth of Jesus and the love that the, the Father has lavished upon us, but it is also a question of what do we do with that love? Do we just contain it for ourselves, or do we do as the Lord asked us to love one another's because the reality is, once again, the world is only going to know that you belong to Jesus, not because you wear a cross around your neck, not because you drive a fancy car. They're only truly going to know because of your love. For as much as we all love John 3.16, it's worth noting just how powerful John 3.17 is, especially when talking about the love of God. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God loved us so much that he thought we were worth saving. We were worth saving. God did not send Jesus to bring condemnation. He brought and he sent Jesus to bring redemption, restoration, reconciliation, and renewal. In Colossians chapter 1 and verses 19 and 20, we read these words, For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, being Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. One of the greatest responsibilities that you and I as Christ followers have is to share the eternal uh, impact of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we do that as we share the love that he has lavished on us with others. When we talk to that one person who, who especially this time of year, who, who feels that they, are, they can't be loved, they're, they're just a misfit, they're just an outcast, they're not worth anything. The reality is when we wrap our arms around them and tell them that, yes, you may feel like a misfit. You may feel like an outcast. You may feel like you're different. But there is one who loves you no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter what you think. There is one that loves you without condition. 
You see, that's what the world really needs to know. That is one of the reasons that, in my opinion, the world is going down paths that it is going down, especially with our young people. It is simply because the church has, has not failed so much as, as we've, tr- we've tripped and we've stumbled over the mandate to love one another. If we truly love, our world would look much, much different. The best, the best Christmas ever, the best Christmas ever is about giving and receiving love because we have received love and we are called to extend it. As we draw near to Christmas, it's just one week away uh, and there's a big snowstorm coming this weekend, so hopefully you're prepared. One week away, um, for, for so many folks, especially men, that, that means they got six days and half of another day before they have to begin shopping. <laughs> uh, don't ask me how I know, but I do. As we draw near to Christmas, can I ask you today, what has God redeemed in your life? Where have you seen the fullness of, of Jesus, the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love that we've been talking about this year? Maybe there's some things running through your mind, and, and if there are, praise the Lord. But maybe you're, you're having a little bit of difficulty to see redemption in your life. Maybe you'd say, you know, it's, it's, it's truly been a long time since I really have felt loved. The first Christmas there in Bethlehem was and is so very special because it was a moment in time that you and I can point to to see God's love for all of us in action. This Christmas could also be a special one. This, we have a wonderful opportunity. It could be a moment that you and I decide to put love for others in action. And that could be expressed in an infinite number of ways. We can decide. In this Christmas, it could be a moment when you decide to follow the lead of Jesus, to love others by giving of your time, your energy, and your resources for someone else. This could be the first time that so many folks around you receive and accept God's love into their lives. Or this could be the first time in a long time that you intentionally share God's love with another. The redemptive love of Jesus Christ is not something to keep to ourselves. It is something to share with as many people as we possibly can for as long as God allows breath to enter our lungs. That's what Christmas is about. That's what it is all about. It's about the love of God. Yes, we get to have hope and peace and joy, but it's all because of the love the Father gave to us on that night in Bethlehem so many years ago in the form of a, of a little baby that in 33 years would walk a cruel Roman road to a cross 
to allow himself to be crucified because of love for each and every one of us. It's the redemptive love of Jesus that the season is truly about. It's about his love for us. And because we are recipients of his love, we are called to extend that love to others. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.